Hello and welcome to the Motivation Method podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and the Motivation Masterclass found at trinitytransformation.co.uk. In today's episode, you will learn the answer to one of our most common questions, which is how can I lose weight and have a social life? So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Motivation Method podcast. Okay, so today we're answering the question, how can I lose weight and have a social life? But first, Ben's going to talk to you about some of the feedback we got. So we've got some great feedback on the podcast. We've had some good, uh, some some of you have posted your ratings, which I'm very happy with. It's, uh, I don't know, five stars or whatever at the moment. But a few people have been complaining the podcast is a little bit too long. Um, but when, I don't think, we're not really going to shorten it down, basically because we can't really help anybody in 10 to 20 minutes. We could make a really, really quick podcast, but we just wouldn't be able to cover anything in enough detail for you to actually be able to use it and actually be able to put it into action. And that's our intention with this podcast, that you can take everything that we tell you here and you can actually implement it and start seeing some real results in your life rather than just go away, um, feel a little bit pumped up, feel a little bit happy and motivated, and then go back to your old habits. So a quick tip for this podcast is you don't have to listen to it all in one go so I listen to podcasts regularly which I don't know are like two and a half two hours two and a half hours three hours long and what I tend to do is I just start listening to it listen to half an hour when I've got a bit of free time pause it go off and do something else come back and listen to some more so I'd recommend you just kind of space it out over the course of the week so when you've got a few a few minutes spare when you're driving somewhere maybe when you're walking just listen to like half an hour and then Go away from it and come back to it at, at a later date. So with that covered, let's get into this episode of the podcast. Yeah, so very good points there. You don't have to listen to it all in one go. Because this is probably going to be another longer episode because there's so much to cover. Like trying to lose weight and having a social life is quite a complicated topic, but it is absolutely possible. So you don't need to completely sacrifice your social life. But a lot of people have been led to believe this. And in my opinion, it's probably, I'm going to blame diets. I think it's probably mostly because of what diets have taught people. Like Ben, what kind of things would you say have diets taught people that have led them down this path? All kinds of stuff. But um, it's mainly just the problem with diets is they, they teach you to follow a very specific approach and they usually come along with a lot of different rules, um, which make them quite strict. So people get convinced they need to follow something quite strict, quite rigid, quite regimented in order to see any progress when it comes to losing weight. Um, and that kind of convinces people that if they are not following a strict approach, then they're not really going to see any results in the mirror. And that's the that's where the problem comes from, I think. Yeah, I think there's when there's no leeway and there's no... There's no education beyond like this cryptic system or approach that they're giving you. They don't really teach you why it's working. Then a lot of people end up stuck thinking I have to follow this or I can't lose weight or I have to follow another approach or I can't lose weight. And therefore they're having to like that. You end up having to juggle saying, should I go and hang out with my friends and have fun and have my social life or should I follow the diet? It ends up being kind of weighing up between the two rather than being able to do both it's, it's like a either 
it's like an either or thing. It's not like I can do this and I can do this. What kind of um, what kind of feelings do you think people kind of left are left with from that? Because I think there's a lot of frustration from that. Basically, when you're stuck in that situation, I think when people they think they can either go and hang out with their friends, or they have to, or they can kind of stay at home and stick to their diet. The problem is that if if then they if they then do go and hang out with their friends. They just end up feeling guilty because of it. They go out and hang with their friends. They get convinced to have something which doesn't fit in with their diet plan. And then they, they just feel guilty. Um, you feel, obviously, you're going to feel bad because you are you know that, well, you believe that because you're not following your strict approach, you're not going to see any results. So you feel guilty that you've messed up your own results. You can become kind of afraid to even hang out with your friends because you think you associate hanging out with your friends with certain things, like eating certain foods, drinking certain things. And... You can also feel quite confused about what what you should what to do. How how can you maintain your friendships? How can you have a social life? How can you spend time with your family while still losing weight? So it can be a very very confusing place to be. Yeah, and there's lots of um, there's lots of social pressure as well. I think to let's say someone's cooked a meal or they've made a dessert and you know you shouldn't be having it on your strict diet, then you've got all this pressure, haven't you, of being like should I please the person? Should I stick to my diet? Can I say no? It's a bit rude. And people are constantly left with this, this uh, difficult decision and they don't really know how to manage it because the diet doesn't really teach them how to manage it. So they're just stuck thinking, should I have this drink or not? All my friends are telling me I should have it. My diet says I shouldn't. And then I think a lot, a lot of this will just end up with people being like, fuck it, this diet's just, it's bullshit, it's ruining my life. I can't stick to it. I know I dropped an F-bomb already. But we are an explicitly rated podcast, so I'm getting it in early today. But I think a lot of people are left with that kind of fuck it mentality of like, this is just too too much. And then they, they just kind of swing around and around on this, this vicious cycle of start a diet, realize you can't keep it up for more than a few weeks, lose a few pounds, give up, say fuck it, go back to eating normally, as you'd call it, and then regain the weight, then do another diet. And they just kind of end up in this cycle, going nowhere, maybe even gaining weight and feeling more and more depressed and down about the way they look and their energy levels are getting worse and worse. And it's kind of a vicious cycle. So it doesn't really work. I think we've kind of established that. So what kind of um, what kind of things have you heard of? I know, Ben, you were on a date the other day. We were just talking about this before we started the podcast about one of these ridiculous approaches. What was it called? Uh, it was called the Jane Plan. I kind of like, I actually like the Jane plan a little bit. I like some things about it and I dislike other things about it. So it's basically you get, you order, you go on online, you select a load of meals, which actually look pretty tasty. They were, at least they were like real food and not shakes. But then someone brings you like a, a big box full of meals to your house. And then every day you just pick out whichever meals you've chosen and then you just eat those meals. And then you can have unlimited veg and unlimited salad with them. So the theory of it is pretty good. But the problem is, um, I then I went out for, I went out for some food on this date and the girl I was with, she was, she couldn't have anything on the menu because, because she's following this Jane approach. She can only have her Jane meals. So she had to sit and watch me eat like an enormous plate of food, which was probably not that fun for her. I had fun eating all my food. <laughs> Um, of course you did but yeah 
that kind of approach means that, well, anytime you go and socialize with your friends, for example, you're stuck in a situation where you either stick to your plan and then you have to sit there and eat nothing while everybody else eats, or you have to um, eat the stuff that doesn't fit in with your plan and then feel bad because you feel like you failed because a set of rules that you're following with your nutrition doesn't allow you to actually to eat anything other than the meals provided, which which makes sense from a business point of view for the people who've created this Jane plan because obviously they want you to buy loads of their diet meals and eat only their meals because then you're going to give them more money. Yeah, exactly. It's a pretty smart approach. I know there's lots of people who do that. There's like Weight Watchers meals, Slimming World meals. All these people know this and they know if they keep you trapped, I guess they can get more money out of you. But it doesn't really work for most people. I don't know. Maybe it was working for this uh, this lucky lady who's on a date with you. She was seeing results of it, but I think it had only been a a week, a week or so. The problem with these and things is they they do tend to work. Like as you were saying, people can never stick to these kind of strict approaches for a long period of time, just because it would be it would be ridiculous to if for the rest of your life you're going to order meals that come in a box from from Jane whoever she is and eat all of eat all of her diet meals and nothing else for the rest of your life i don't think many people would actually would go for that or would stick to that um and this girl i was speaking to i said okay so what if i told you you had to only eat the or these jane meals for the rest of your life and she was like well i may as well just kill myself right now then <laughs> <laughs> she had no interest in eating these meals for the rest of her life imagine how much that would cost as well yeah it was expensive it wasn't it wasn't actually crazily expensive. It wasn't that bad. I think it was about... For your whole life. Worked out to like 70 pounds a week or something. Which, I mean, for the amount of food you're getting is quite a lot of money. But I mean, I could easily spend 70 pounds a week. But I eat loads. That's that's the difference. This is a genius business model, actually. I've just thought about it. Because you're giving them a diet, you can just give them barely any food. Yeah, charge exactly. them loads of money for it. And uh, therefore, they will lose weight for a while whilst they follow your little amount of food you could just send them a few nuts <laughs> and uh and a salad and say there's your food for the week enjoy it love i was thinking about this you'll, too you'll lose five five pounds like, easy you know like the like when you go in the ready meal section in the supermarket you have the, all the normal ready meals then you have like the weight watchers like or whatever it is diet weight diet ready meals and they cost the same amount all the diet ones cost more but they've actually put like half the food in it it's it's genius because you've said like oh it's a ready meal and it's a diet ready meal. It just means it's a ready meal, but it's got half as much food in it, really. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, bit weird. I guess maybe they put healthier ingredients in, but I actually think that's unlikely. I, I don't think know. they're probably just putting less in. You could just put half the lasagna in instead of the whole lasagna and then charge twice as much. I looked this up the other day. I was, I was looking at the ingredients in... Uh, There's another company that sells um, their own meals. I was looking at the ingredients in one in one of these meals and i don't know mainly it was just there was just so many different like chemicals in it just so much just, oh, really? just a massive massive list of just like i don't even know what these things are for like you know when it's like potassium citrate and like all of these i'm not a chemist i don't know what these things do but it, it didn't it wasn't like you looked at it and it was just food in there it's just loads of yeah, stuff it's a bit been weird. Added to i guess they've got to preserve it mm. i don't know but I had a good story, actually. We were talking about this earlier as well from my friend, um, Lawrence. Shout out to Lawrence if he's listening. Um, he works in London in a in a big bank. And he was saying 
Ben knows this story, but I'll tell it to everyone else listening. He said, he said, I found a raft of women who are in need of your help. Um, they're all hanging out by the microwave at lunch, warming up, warming up their ridiculously low-cal special diet meals, all moaning about how they want to lose weight. And then a man came round, offered them some cake, and they all forgot about their special meals that they're microwaving and got straight on the cake. <laughs> it makes me laugh just reading it. I know that's mean to laugh at, but it just shows that these these approaches are just not working for people because the cake is going to win if you don't know any better way. And if you're having to eat these rubbish, low calorie cardboard meals, that it's just not really going to be appealing enough to beat like, to make weight loss enjoyable enough, like to lose weight and enjoy it, to lose weight and have a social life. You've got to have a way that actually works for you. That doesn't suck. Cause otherwise you just, it's got to suck a little bit maybe, but not a lot. It's got to be better than not doing it. And if, if this is you, you're this person who's by the microwave, microwaving your diet food, uh, eating these kind of diet meals and following these kind of approaches, it, it might not be your fault that you're in that situation because a lot of people get trapped in that situation because the kind of the, the whole industry is geared around it. So all of the marketing material and everything that you're seeing convinces you that the best approach to losing weight, the easiest, the fastest, the most effective is to follow one of these strict approaches. And it's very, very easy to get sucked into because I um, obviously like being in the fitness industry, running, running this shouldn't transformation with Rob, we do, we do have to look at all of what our, you know, our competition are doing, what everybody else is doing in the industry, all the trends and so on. And when I looked through the marketing material for these things, I was looking at the um, protein world, plan the other day oh yeah and it's like it's really convincing it looks they make it look great they make it look so easy it's like you just you get this box of all these all these things you get these like fancy protein porridges and you get these shakes and stuff and you just eat them at the certain times and then you lose weight so the way it's marketed they make it very very easy very very simple very appealing and it kind of it kind of is that way like that jane plan how that the effort required very 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 low you don't have to cook anything you just you just take your meal out of a box. I don't know why nothing needs refrigerating. That creeps me out a little bit. But you, oh really? You, yeah, it was all just sort of it was in a box, but you didn't have to refrigerate any of it. Even if even though it had like chicken and stuff in, I don't understand oh, how it works. I think it was kind of like um, the same way that you get like dog food, which has meat in it, but you don't have to refrigerate it. But anyway, mm. you just pick you you get your meal out of this out of the box. You put it in the microwave, and you're done. So they do make it seem 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 very very easy and it can be very appealing yeah it's all very appealing in the short term because a lot of people nowadays don't have much time they might be busy mum or whatever and definitely therefore this simple approach you just put it in you don't think about it or you just follow this meal plan you don't have to think about it it sounds great and it is great maybe for like you said your your friend or your uh, lady friend you're dating for a week um they follow it they lose some weight they see some results but no one no one's really thinking about the longer term scenario of I have to stick to this forever to succeed because I don't know any other way. I don't know actually how this is working. I don't know a way of making this work around my life. So there's no flexibility in it, which is one of the big problems so that you end up not being able to have a social life, which is what we're trying to get onto. So there's no flexibility and there's no longevity in it because so you'll lose the weight. But the minute you go back to eating normally, and this is what most people do, the, the weight will all go back on. Because if you can't stick, stick to it long-term, then the results won't last long-term either. They'll only ever be temporary. Because as as we've kind of um, 
hinted at here that you don't actually need special food to lose weight like it's expensive and it's not sustainable because you unless you're planning to eat that special food forever it's never going to work because once you've lost the weight you can easily put it back on again and everyone knows this like so many people if you've ever lost weight and put it back on again you know you can easily put the weight back on again so it's not the special food is not the solution the reason why people gain weight or the reason why people don't lose weight is because they're eating too much food you don't need a special food it's just you're eating too many calories like it's really quite simple and um all these diets all these plans are just overcomplicating it really if you've gained weight and it's hard it's a hard pill to swallow we were talking about this before actually because the problem is there's no one to blame but yourself if you're overweight and you face this fact that the only way you can become overweight and not lose the weight is because you're eating too much you're consuming too many calories i should say because you can drink it as well it all really just comes down to the simple rule of calories are energy and if you take in too much energy then your body doesn't need to burn body fat and if you take in even more energy then your body will store the extra energy as body fat so you can't hide from this but it's not very pleasant for a lot of people to face the fact that it's not the diet's fault it's not the special food's fault it's eating too much that that is the problem and it is hard in today's world because there's so many tempting foods we talked about this in previous podcasts so i won't dive into that but ben what do you think on this topic like Obviously, it comes down to eating too much, but you've got to take responsibility, which is not very nice. I think that, yeah, the, one of the reasons that pe- these approaches are so um, so convenient, these very complicated approaches are very um, appealing to people. It's because they give you something else to blame for the fact that you're overweight and that you don't, you're not happy with the way your body looks. Because if it comes down to, if, if you, as Rob said, if you accept the fact that... Um, it is possible to be healthy and be in shape eating just normal stuff, but you, you've you been eating normal stuff and you've just been eating too much of it, then you feel bad because then it, it suddenly becomes your fault that you fed yourself too much. Whereas if you believe that there's real food, just normal stuff is on one, one hand, one side, and the reason you're overweight is because you've been eating normal stuff or been eating nice food and the only reason that you're not kind of fit and healthy already is because you haven't had this diet food, you haven't had access to it. It gives you this excuse. So you don't have to blame yourself anymore. It's just that you didn't have your Jane meals or you didn't have your whatever whatever plan it is that you, that you need to follow. So then you're like, okay, so I didn't have that. It's not my fault that I'm overweight, but as soon as I have this thing, this, this diet, all these diet meals that I see uh, Julie from work is recommending me, then I'll be able to lose the weight. So then you gravitate towards that because the more complicated you can make something, the more reasons you can ha- you can come up with as to why it's not your fault that you're in that situation in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So it's there's two sides to this coin though, I think, in my opinion anyway, because yes, you have to take responsibility, which is, hard for a lot of people to admit okay it's just because i consume too many calories which there's no other way around it like whether you've got insulin resistance pcos your perimenopause or whatever your situation it might slightly change how many calories you can eat that's all that will affect but it still comes down to you ate too many calories because you can't change those things so it still just comes down to you've got to eat the right amount for you and do it consistently and it's so simple but obviously difficult to do in practice and that's what why we have entire programs dedicated to teaching people how to do that, how to get motivated to do that. 
But on the other hand, I think it's also quite liberating in a way once you understand this. Like no diets really teach people this because as Ben said, they want to make money out of you. They want to be able to, I mean, basically they want to be able to exploit people. I know this sounds bad. Um, I should be like, oh, they're all trying to help people, but I'm not convinced of that because their approach is like, as people have been in this industry for a few years now, we can just see what doesn't work. We get so many emails from people who've done these approaches, who follow these things that don't teach people proper, well, don't teach people the simple truth of what works. And then people are left so lost and confused. And as Ben said, they're blaming the diet or they can't afford to keep buying the meals or keep buying Herbalife or whatever it is. So then they have to stop and then they put the weight back on again. But it's actually very liberating once you understand what works and why it works. There's when a, it really is as simple as that, as soon as you so kind much of, more liberating. As soon as you realize Sorry, that, you speak. as soon as you realize like that fact, as Rob was saying, that like the the solution is so easy. You just need to kind of eat the right amount of calories then that's when you're going to be able to really start seeing results. And I think the reason nobody, there are a few reasons that nobody wants to kind of address this, this directly in the weight loss industry. There's a lot of kind of, um, well, just generally, there's a lot of like political correctness around people and weight generally. Like nobody wants to say like, oh, you're just, you're overweight because you ate too much. There are a few people in the industry who, who will say this, like, um, James Smith, James, good James example. Smith, yeah. <laughs> he makes a lot of funny videos. Very good, um, very in, very informative as well. But most most things don't want to. They don't want to blame. They don't want to tell you the truth and tell you that it's it's your fault that you're overweight. Even though that's people kind of need to hear the truth if they're going to see if they you're going to see long term progress and you're going to address the root cause of the problem. You first need to um, what's the word like ex accept that that problem exists in the you first place. You created it basically as well. But I think what Rob was saying about how uh, a lot of, you know, diets and stuff out there, he they're not really, they don't really want to help you see long-term results. They're, even if they say they do, the approach they're giving you is not going to give you long-term results. I think what most companies want to do, big dieting weight loss companies, is to remove money from your wallet and transfer it into their wallet and then keep you hooked on their whatever approach they're pushing for as long as they possibly can to extract as much money from you as they possibly can. Yeah, like That's how many reality. times have you heard someone is doing Weight Watchers? Like, it makes me sick. The amount of times I hear people in my family and friends' families who are like, oh, what are you doing now? I'm doing Weight Watchers again for like the 16th time. It's like, well, did it work last time? Oh yeah, yeah, it worked. But then I put all the weight back on again. and the in my opinion, something hasn't worked if you put the weight back on again. Like our approach obviously isn't as lucrative financially because we we have clients who've been a lifetime member of Weight Watchers since they're age 15 and they're still struggling with their weight. So in my opinion, that doesn't work. But we have people after three months, six months, some people it takes a bit longer, 12 months, that's as long as we keep people for really, who say, look, I'm leaving because I know exactly what to do and how to do it and how to stay motivated and how to stay consistent. So I don't really need any more help. But that, it doesn't take that long to solve the problem, yet people are doing these same approaches over and over and over and over and over again, not helping themselves. And as, as Ben said, it's not completely their problem uh, or their fault because they've not been shown any other way. They've not really been taught the truth or the simple facts of what's working. So they think, okay, this Weight Watchers point system must be the magic thing, the flex points or um, the Slimming World Sins must be 
the secret. There's a secret in there, but there's no secret. It's just controlling your calories. And you need to learn how to do that. And it's very, very liberating once you can, because coming back to our topic of today, uh, we're trying to talk about how you can lose weight with a social life. Once you know it just comes down to calories in versus calories out, you realize two things. First of all, you realize that as long as you make the calories work, you will lose fat, you won't gain weight. And as long as you make the calories, um, I can't remember what my second point was now. First of all, you'll lose fat. And the second thing is you realize you're gonna need to kind of adjust things to make it work. So you can't have infinite food and it will work. Like I had a, I had an email from um, someone yesterday and uh, she was saying, can I still have my weekend treats and and lose weight? And I was like, it really depends. So tell me what you have for your weekend and I'll let you know what you can have. And she laid it out. I honestly can't remember the full details, but I think Saturday was something like um, a fry up and then not much for lunch and then a big dinner. I remember Sunday. So Sunday was basically a big roast dinner for lunch and then a big curry for dinner, takeaway curry with a whole bottle of wine. I think each night had a whole bottle of wine in it. And like me and Ben talked about this earlier, like the food choices in there are not necessarily a problem. Like you could still have a bit of wine. You could still have a bit of curry. You could still have a roast dinner. The key is understanding this, this simple principle that it's calories in versus calories out or calories at energy, so energy balance. And as long as you get that right, you won't gain fat. So you can still enjoy weekend treats. You can still enjoy a social life, but it might have to be a case of having less um of the calorific things less of the heavy foods in that roast dinner so maybe you have a couple less roast potatoes uh less i don't know pigs in blankets a uh, less a bit less gravy but you still have it and then you have more veg with it and then at dinner you choose a curry that you know is lower in calories and you have half a naan bread instead of a full one and a glass of wine instead of a bottle so you can still enjoy all the same foods but it's just got to be in the right amount for you and if you do that you will lose lose fat and it's that simple I don't know if you want to add to that, Ben. I kind of went on a rant there. Um, I don't know, but blown you away. One thing you did get me thinking about, you know, when you said that some people have been on Weight Watchers since they were like fifteen. Yeah, I remember reading an article. It was a lady who she added up how much she'd spent on Weight Watchers or whatever it was, whatever slimming group she'd been following, and it was like eight grand. But Oof. the the shocking <laughs> part was that she'd spent eight grand, and she was exactly the same weight as when she started all those years ago so she'd spent eight grand to go up and down with her weight for years and end up in exactly the right same position but if she's simply known that it came down to calories in versus calories out she could have seen results in a relatively quick period of time and then just known how to maintain those results and avoided all of that money all of that stress all of that hassle and wasted effort so it's it's uh, yeah, crazy that these kind of things are so popular, I think. It's very strange. I think it's honestly sad. Like some, I know I was laughing about it, this, this message I got from my friend earlier because the scenario is kind of entertaining in my opinion. But the underlying thing is actually very sad. Like the, these people that we have, are we obviously trying to help them? A lot of people are in a really bad place and really don't have any self-respect or self-love anymore. And... I think the diet, dieting industry has a lot to answer for and obviously that's what we're trying to address but it is difficult to compete with these leviathans of like weight watchers who make 1.3 billion a year they can just outmarket 
all of these people like us who are trying to actually teach people the truth and make a difference but we can't afford that because we're a small company we can't we don't keep people for 15 years because we actually try and fix the problem and uh and give them something sustainable to go away with so it's a very difficult thing to beat because those pe those businesses are so big they can just kind of um out advertise all the small people so it's difficult but i thought there's a very interesting point you made there um about the cost because i think one of the things that mean people struggle to to control themselves around a social life is that they don't have any deeper motivation so as we explained you can manage things around a social life absolutely like once you understand it just comes down to calories in versus calories out you can have smaller meals throughout the day and we'll get onto that so that you can enjoy the evening but we're all about motivation as you know as well and one big piece of this is people are not getting clear on their motivation like what is their deeper motivation that's going to make them say i'm going to have one glass of wine instead of the bottle of wine or i'm going to have a curry without a sauce instead of a curry with a cream sauce that's full of calories and i think the key part of what ben was just talking about there that one was a great example of what is the cost of you not doing something about this not just financially, but financially as well. So like Ben said, it was £8,000. And I don't know how much longer that person would have gone on continuing to spend money on on diets that don't work long term. But if you invest in another quick fix, it's essentially money down the drain. Like, I don't know anyone who's done one of these quick fix diets or one, or repeated a diet they've done before and then it's miraculously worked. Like if it hasn't worked before, it's not going to work again. Unless there's some really strange situation where you couldn't stick to it so in terms of the cost ben what kind of uh, hopefully you get what i'm hitting here what kind of cost beyond money are there that you could look at as well when it comes to getting motivated like the cost of not taking action uh, loads of stuff really um this is another one of those things where it comes down it, it can be a little bit painful to look at and all of these well most people most other other kind of plans and stuff that try, help you to try and lose weight, they seem to be more concerned with making you feel good than helping you actually see results in the mirror. Because in order to get motivated, to you know, to get that deeper motivation, it can you can you do have to go through, answer some difficult questions and go through some kind of painful realities. Whereas most most approaches out there, they want to make you believe like it's not your fault that you're overweight, it's just that you didn't have any of these diet meals. All you need to do is follow a simple, simple kind of pre-programmed strict approach and then you're going to see results in the mirror. But that doesn't really address the problem of your deeper motivation, doesn't make you um, aware of what's going to happen if you continue to do what you're doing. But some of the additional costs associated with not taking action to you know, get those long-term results. Obviously, the financial implications. There was that lady who spent £8,000. Um, but then also, there's the cost to, first of all, to yourself. So, the way you feel. If, you're, if your weight is constantly going up and down, you might feel great. You might feel really, really good when you sign up for something. One of these quick fix things that makes you feel great, pumps you up. You lose a stone in four weeks or whatever it is. You feel great during that period. But then as soon as you go back to normal then the weight all comes back on, you feel miserable, you start drowning your sorrows in food, you get snappy, you get irritable. Um, 
and you just start feeling down about yourself. And then because your self-esteem is bad, because you feel like you've failed, you feel like you're, you know, you've undone all of your progress, that then feeds into all of your other relationships. So because your mood is not great, you then start, the way you act with your partner changes, the way you act with your kids changes, the way you act with your friends and other family members and people at work changes. So all of your relationships are impacted by that negative mood. Um, there's also, there's loads of other things. So there's the relationships, there's the way you feel and your work life. If, if you lose loads of weight at work, you feel great. Everybody's giving you, you know, positive compliments like, oh, well done. Well done, Sue. You've lost, like, you look like you've lost loads of weight. That's a comment we get from my clients loads when they say, as soon as people, they say other people start noticing that they've lost weight. So you get those comments. That makes you feel really, really good. But then you go back to eat normally, you put all the weight back on and then suddenly you feel like people are judging you because you, you think that they're going to be able to tell that you've put the weight back on because they could tell you've lost it. You believe that they're going to tell um, that you've put the weight back on. You lose confidence, maybe doing presentations. You don't feel confident to go and, you know, ask for a promotion or whatever it is you might be, you might be looking for. So your work life suffers, your relationships suffer, your self-esteem suffers, your happiness suffers, your bank account suffers. And all of these things just come as a result of you're not seeing consistent progress with your with your weight loss because you're never addressing the deeper deeper issue there. Is that what you're getting at, Rob? Yeah, exactly. Like to get motivated, you almost have to. We've talked about this before. You almost have to get very honest uh, and like very clear on the how shit your current situation is. I'm just going to go out there and put it that way. Like. A lot of people pretend, and I'm going to give you a story in a minute about me and Ben that relates to this because we're all experts at pretending everything's okay. Like we're taught every day to say like, people say, oh, how are you? And you say, oh, I'm good. It's good. Like, you never rarely go, what Ben actually did to me when I phoned him today. <laughs> I said, how's things? He's like, not great. Feel ill. But um, most people don't do that. Um, we're obviously a bit more practiced at trying to be honest with each other about these kind of things. But you kind of need a slap in the face sometimes and to, to get you really clear and really honest, and maybe this is what this podcast could be for you today, that the cost is, of cost of what's going on, what is that cost on your life? Like those things that Ben added up, it's not just 8,000 pounds down the drain on diets that you're gonna to continue to waste more and more and more money on. It's the breaking down of your family relationships. It's not enjoying things every day. And we had a client called Chantal who lost one and a half stone and won one of our 90 day challenges um and is continuing to do well but she she said to us in one of her um in one of her feedback she said oh um when i started i i was a size i think it was a size 18 in denial probably was actually a size 20 something like that and every day was a struggle just to make it through to the end of the day i didn't really enjoy my life my kids were tiring me out every day i was snappy at them and in retrospect she realized basically her life was not that great she was really suffering from postnatal depression struggling to get out of that rut and after 90 days luckily well not luckily she put in the work everything had changed for her and she said now she was spending every day singing and dancing with the kids spinning them around and really irritating her husband which made me laugh um by playing with the kids and being so full of joy every day got through that postnatal depression because she was now exercising, feel good, feeling good about herself, lost one and a half stone and was continuing to do so, knew how to do so. But most people are not clear on the cost right now because we kind of, 
sweep it under the rug. We talked about this in the first episode, this whole sweeping it under the rug thing. So onto my story about me and Ben, because I can completely relate to this. We're not just saying these things from um, guru perspective or read a book on it. Like Ben and I went through this exact same thing with business. Like we did a year of having a business. I'm doing air quotes again because we thought we were businessmen, but in reality, we'd not paid ourselves a penny and we'd worked, I don't know, Ben, we talked about this before, didn't we, on this? Like you were working in the morning, in the evening. How many hours a day would you say you were working, including your full-time job as well? Um, hang on, nine, 10, 11, 14, 15? Yeah, so Ben was working 14, 15 hours a day. I was working the same hours from home on, on the business. And we were, luckily, we were slightly deluded and thought it was all going to work out. We were like, this is going to work out at some point. The money will come in and we'll start um, being able to pay ourselves a salary and living off this business and it'll become a dream come true and we'll be able to manage our own time and all this stuff. We were convinced this was going to happen, yet the money was staying the same. Like we made a total, the whole business, including uh, not including all the costs that came out, we made £12,000, I think, in that first year where we were like, this is going to be great. We're going to live off this. That's not even minimum wage. And then including all the costs, we basically made no money basically at squares at, at zero pounds made profit no, neither of us were paid a penny and we'd worked like 16 hours a day each for a year and we we're like we're still convinced in our mind we're like it's fine it'll work out and this is what kind of people are kind of doing with their weight they're like it was fine it'll it's not that bad like it's not having that big an impact on my life and people are thinking this all the time and we all want to do it because we don't want to feel like we failed. We don't want to feel like what we're doing isn't working or that it's actually ruining, or not ruining, but well, maybe ruining your enjoyment of life. Like we were both a little bit deluded about this. And then we had, we went to this um, fitness conference called Body Power. It's a bit of a strange conference. Um, wouldn't recommend you go. It's a lot of people on steroids walking around and a lot of girls in, uh, in basically no clothes walking around. It's quite a strange event, but it's the uh, biggest fitness expo in Britain. And we went there and we thought, you know what, there's this thing called the Academy and apparently it teaches you some things about like how to run a business. So we'll go and have a look at what that is because, you know, we like learning. So we'll just go along to this Academy thing. And then the first speech I remember someone gave about marketing kind of started to trigger me. I started to think, what is this marketing thing? I thought marketing was a thing. This is going to sound very sexist, but... I'm just going to tell the truth. I thought marketing was the thing that mostly girls did in a business and I didn't really understand what it did. I didn't really understand. As an engineer, you're taught that marketing is what the girls do and guys do the engineering and that's the important bit. Like, it's a very misogynistic world with engineering that we used to be in. Um, embarrassed to say it now, but that's the way it is. And then this guy started talking about marketing. I was like, hmm, this has something to it. Now, that was quite a good talk. But the next guy who came on basically slapped us straight in the face. He said personal trainers in the UK and basically around the world, but especially in the UK are broke. The average salary of a personal trainer is 15,000 pounds, which is basically just a tiny bit more than minimum wage. They're working really long hours and yet they're getting no money in return. And we were earning like nothing. So we weren't earning even less than this. We were working those long hours. And he was like, look, that is not okay. Your life, that's rubbish. That's worse. Like you could get a job in McDonald's and you could earn a lot more money. Yet you're working all these hours and you think you're just helping people, but really you're killing yourself. You're making no money. You're wearing yourself into the ground, working all these hours. 
And are you really happy with that? And I was sat there, I don't know about you, Ben, I'll let you give your insight on it, but I was just sat there stunned. I remember at that point just being like, holy shit, this is not working. I don't know what you were thinking at this point. I think, uh, well, I, I remember before, before we went into this talk, we were walking around the expo. I think it was this year. Some guy came up to us and he was like, oh, are you Ben and Rob from uh, Train Eat Gain, what we were called back then. And he wanted yeah. to take a photo with us and like meet us because, I don't know, we were like, we, we were pretty big on social media. We put loads of effort into like getting our Twitter followers up. So we thought we were like, I thought I was, I was the big dog at that point. I was like, we've made it. I'm famous, yeah. you know, I'm winning at life. Then we went into this talk and we had we got made to face this reality that all this work we've been doing had essentially been for nothing. And it's almost like the reality that a lot of people face with their weight loss, that all of the work they've been doing for years, all the money they've put in, the time they've put in, the effort they've put in, essentially like us, they're now a, a zero, zero profit. That even if their weight's gone down and up, down and up, they're ex exactly the same position as when they started. And this, as soon as you realize that, as painful as it is, it can be a horrible realization, but then you can start moving on from there. And then I think we went and had a, we had a kind of private chat with the guy who did this presentation after it. And he told us to sign up for a, for our email list, just like you may have signed up for our, our email list. He was sending us these emails every single day about one of his programs so that we could be coached by him and mentored by him and learn how to actually, you know, get ahead around this, this marketing thing. And I, I remember looking at that opportunity and thinking at the time, you know, we were making zero money. We were in a very, very bad place financially. It was a hundred pounds a month. So for us, that seemed like a massive, massive investment, but we eventually did, we did invest in that. And that's, that changed everything for us. We'd have, but it took us having to have that realization, almost getting that slap in the face, being told that, you know, what we were doing was not working, realizing that what we were doing was not working and fully accepting that. And then, you know, dropping the ego, that big ego that we had when we thought we were celebrities and being humble enough to go and ask for help and say, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to make any money. And then sign up for help, put that into action. And, and then that changed everything basically. Yeah, it was quite a big pivotal moment for us. And we got, I'm trying to do the maths now. We probably got 100 times our money back. <laughs> probably, yeah. That's correct, maths wise, but probably 100 times. And then there's all the extra things that we were taught as well. So like, with obviously with weight loss, it's not about earning more money directly, but all those things we talked about, imagine how much that could change for you if you actually knew how to get control over your food and life choices, how you knew, if you knew what to do every day to manage your food so you could still enjoy your social life, enjoy your family life, enjoy all the things you still love and lose weight and keep it off. Imagine how everything would change for you with your confidence, with your pride in yourself, with your self-belief. All of these things can be completely changed through exercise, through fitness and through taking back control of those things. Hey. And I think... Sorry, go on, Ben. And if you think about like all of those things Rob just mentioned, how much is that worth to you? Like a lot of people let let the cost of investing in these things, like us, we let the cost of investing in this thing for at least a couple of months. We put off joining this thing, so we're like, you know, hundred quid. It's gonna we're gonna we might have to stay a member for a while. I think we ended up staying a member for about a year and a half, so it's like fifteen hundred quid. As Rob said, we made, you know, that investment 
paid for itself in the in obviously financially but also the kind of you know um all the other benefits that come with it but when it when it's with weight loss how can you really put a price on feeling happier every single day having a better family life you know enjoying your work life better being able to enjoy clothes shopping having more fun on holidays depends you know it's all about what price you put on that a lot of people will let you know 50 pounds 100 pounds or whatever it is stop them from getting you know living the life they deserve yeah it's mad and yeah they'll easily drop 50 pounds on a meal out or on a takeaway for the whole family at the weekend or or a box of weight loss shakes a box of weight loss shakes or on a tv or on i don't know on a new face cream because it's more attractive it's not those things all of the the way all of these things are marketed they don't market them in a way where you know they're they don't offer something which is actually going to give you long-term happiness. They just offer something which is going to temporarily make you feel good. If we went around and we were just like, you know, trying to just pump people up all the time, make them feel good, we'd probably be able to get more more members in to our plan, but I don't think we'd be able to deliver results for those people. Yeah, exactly. And like the the result we're looking for is probably a bit different to a lot of people because Again, it comes down to this marketing thing of it's very easy to get someone to lose a stone in a few weeks. You just say, basically, don't eat anything. Have these these shakes, have these these meals, follow this meal plan or whatever. People can follow that for a, for a month whilst their life still sucks. They can put up with it for a month and then they can post all over their website or all over their Instagram or all over their Facebook saying, oh, look at Terry. She lost two stone. Look at Candice. She lost one stone. Look at Jane. She lost two stone. What you don't see is three months later, they're even heavier and they're feeling depressed and down and miserable. And that is the worst possible thing in in our eyes that could happen to someone is they, they do it and then they undo all the hard work again. And yet, unfortunately, like we're all we're all trained this way or we're all kind of wired this way to see see that quick result and go, that's what I want. That's exciting. And not think what's happened three months down the line that the, the person is not posting that or they're also not posting the out of a thousand because some of these people like joe wicks have i don't know a thousand people join a day so imagine how many testimonials they have you're gonna have a genetically gifted five people out of a thousand join you who are gonna lose weight basically if you just tell them to do anything as long as they don't don't eat like crazy they're gonna lose a stone in 30 days because they're genetically gifted they stick they're out of a thousand people five people are probably going to stick to it anyway and don't need to be taught about how to be motivated and then he can just share all of those and you go this must be the best thing ever because these testimonials are amazing but it's, it might only be five out of a thousand people and it's hard to ignore this stuff so i don't blame anyone for, for being convinced by it but ultimately if something hasn't worked for you before it's probably not going to work for you again in the future unless there's a very good reason why you couldn't stick to it in the first place that wasn't anything to do with that approach and on this topic of deeper motivation as well, actually, Ben and I were talking before about another email we had. So we, we do get a lot of emails. We have like 66 in our inbox that we need to answer now. We have loads. From from this lady who was um, who was discussing coming to us and trying to see results. So she started with us and she's saying, I'm, not, I'm just not feeling that motivated. And I went back through. So I did a review of her um, initial questionnaire we get people to fill out where we ask these questions that we talk about in this podcast so like what where are you right now 
and what is the impact on these different areas of your life so what is the cost currently going to be on your family life on your relationship on your work life uh, on your health and for every one of these questions she answered along these lines of oh well my weight's not really having any impact on whatever my weight's not really having any impact on my relationship and then it'll get on to the next one and say oh it's the way I've, I look and feel about it is not having any impact on my my work life really at all. And then the next one would be, oh, I don't think it's having an impact on my health at all. So it got to the end and basically all she'd said was, there's no cost to me staying the same. There's no cost for me not to do anything about this. Like there's no, there's no impact on my life of being out of shape or being where I am. So funny enough, she had no motivation to change it. I don't really know where I was going with this other than to say that you need a deeper motivation. You need to get clear on the cost. You need to get clear on the true impact of where you are, like what staying as you are is going to have on your life. I think and Ben uh, said he saw this as well. Yeah, kind of a lot of people are in that situation where they, they um, I, don't know, I have a, big, a problem with like people being too politically correct about stuff. I think it, it doesn't help anybody because it just means everybody lives this kind of bullshit life where they try and please other people but we are all kind of taught there's this whole like i don't know fat shaming thing um that people say you know you shouldn't you shouldn't be fat sh fat shamed etc etc but that that kind of convinces people that they should feel they should always feel fine regardless of their weight so it convinces people that even if they're overweight, even if they're they're bigger than they want to be, they should still be 100% happy with their body, 100% happy with the way they look. They should still be feeling really, really self-confident and it shouldn't hold them back from anything in life. But the reality is, if you are, when you gain a few pounds, when you get, when you get more overweight, when you feel out of shape, when you feel uh, unfit, it does make you feel crap. But this whole like political correctness thing kind of teaches everyone to to think that they shouldn't be um, they shouldn't be unhappy with the way they look. So, like this client that Rob was talking about, who was saying that it didn't have any impact on her life. You can people can get kind of conditioned to think they should always be fine. So to think that like if they look at their relationships, they should think, well, oh, obviously my my weight should have no impact on my relationship. Because, you know, it's okay to be overweight. It's okay to be, to be this, to be that. But the reality is, it's, if, you, if you actually want to change something about yourself, it's okay to say, you know, I don't like being overweight. I'd rather not be overweight. But people feel like it's not okay to say that. Like it's, it's not politically correct to just be like, you know, I want to change this about myself. I don't want to feel this way. Yeah, I think it's confusing for people. This... A lot of things are confusing people. First of all, the things diets are telling them. But then also, as you said, this politically correct, correct stuff, sometimes it makes sense, but sometimes it doesn't. And I think it's leaving people confused because they think, I should be happy as I am. I should be happy even though I've gained three stone since I had kids. I should just be happy. But I'm tired every day. I'm feeling sluggish every day. I struggle to get out of bed. Um, I'm tired out running after the kids and I feel weak and I feel self-conscious in front of people but I should be happy and then they don't really they kind of just left confused because you're thinking I should be happy but I'm not really happy but I don't want to tell anyone I'm not happy because I should be and that doesn't get you anywhere yeah people take and, things too far I think yeah with everything <laughs> like I mean there's, there's 
there's that side of it. Obviously, you shouldn't just walk around, you know. I think the, there is a there is like real fat shaming. You shouldn't just walk around on the streets pointing at people and like teasing them and making fun of people and putting people down or talking and saying negative things about people behind their back because of their weight. That is like true fat shaming. That's like not a, not a nice thing to do. Like you're a dick if you do that. Yeah, no one wants to be but overweight. The other side no of the coin is like if you for your, if you decide that you you know, you don't want to be overweight, that's another thing. And then there's just the the fact that obviously being the the more overweight you are, uh the more fat you're carrying on your body, the less fit you are, the bigger risk you have of getting diseases um and dying or, you know, whatever. But um I was on a webinar but yesterday. Yeah, the scientific proof of that. Just, just to interject very quick, there's scientific proof of your health being directly linked to your body fat levels, basically, above a certain point. It just gets worse and worse and worse. So regardless of fat shaming, if you don't want to die early or you want to reduce your risks of dying early, then you do want to get leaner. But Ben, go on, about your webinar. Yeah, I was talking about talking to one of our clients yesterday about our webinar. She just, just recently rejoined. She'd have had a bit of a break. Like She left us. She had five months kind of doing her own thing. And then... She'd come back and her she was looking into her deeper reason as to why she wanted to lose weight. And for her it really came down to that she wanted to be healthy as she as she moved into into older age. Um she wanted to feel more energetic, she wanted to have more time to enjoy with her kids uh, and her husband. She'd had um a bit of a scare with um some some diseases you know she had some tests from the doctor which had shown she was she was moving towards being less and less healthy and for her it became really really important to her that she stayed as healthy as she possibly could so she could enjoy as uh, the rest of her life as much time as she could being healthy and being happy and having loads of time to spend with the people she cared about i don't know where i was going with this point what well to start <laughs> where, to start where off where with we? what <laughs> we're basically still talking about deeper motivation which is pretty much the most important thing when it comes to any struggle with with getting in shape but this again had to just involve her getting clear on the costs of what would happen if she didn't change and i think if you can take one thing away from this i think you've got to think about for you what is the cost that to your life if you don't change um so to get that deeper motivation she had to say look i might i might get diabetes or i might die early or whatever it may be because without getting clear on those costs you can just live in la la land and pretend everything's fine and that you wouldn't be more confident if you were leaner you wouldn't have a more exciting sex life with your husband if you were leaner you can pretend all these things that you wouldn't have wouldn't be more energetic and fun for your kids if you were leaner you can pretend all of these things but if you do you're just going to stay like there's going to be no motivation to really change and bringing it back to the the actual point of the podcast like trying to lose weight with a social life the most important thing a you've got to understand how to what, what actually works as we said it's all about calories in versus calories out and learning to manage that and we do teach that with all our clients but secondly it's going to have that it's got to be having a deeper motivation because if you've got no reason not to have the whole bottle of wine you're going to have the whole bottle of wine like i was talking on my instagram live this morning about how i usually get up early about 5 30 to go to my crossfit class like a gym class that i book into every single day um but today i'd been too slow at booking in and I didn't manage to get on the class that was this morning and I missed my slot. And so my alarm went off and I just turned it off. I was like, well, there's no class to get for. So, you know, I just won't do it. So I had no deeper reason to wake up other than like, I would be more productive maybe. 
but I had nothing to go to, nothing really to do. So I was just like, oh, I won't bother. Like if you don't have a deeper motivation to do something, to eat healthy whilst you're still having your social life, then you're not going to do it. But also you don't have to make your life a living hell. You can still enjoy a social life. So should we talk about that a little bit? Because we've talked a lot about motivation, Ben. Should we talk about how tactics and things you can do to still enjoy all those foods? Because you were saying to me earlier, the lady we were talking about with the roast dinner and the curry she wanted to eat, like what kind of tactics can you employ so that you can still have your weekend treats and, uh, and still see results? So as you were saying before, it really only just comes down to to energy balance. So you can't get around the fact that if you eat too much food then and too many calories, then you're going to gain weight, basically. But as soon as you understand that, it's also very liberating because it means you can you can be very flexible with the foods that you do eat. And as long as you obey that that one simple rule of calories in versus calories out, then you can eat pretty much whatever you want. And okay, so there's a few things you can do to make this to make this work for your life. Number one thing you can do, if you change the type of exercise you're doing, so what we always recommend our clients do is weight-based exercise which is very very good for boosting your metabolism which means then your allowance of how many calories you can take in goes up so you have you have more leeway for the foods you can eat because you know let's say you go from doing cardio every day and having to eat a thousand calories a day to you change your your training you start training smarter you do weight training instead it boosts your metabolism and then you can eat more calories you can eat 1500 1600 however many calories more per day without gaining any weight. So first of all, you can change the type of exercise you do to give yourself more of a calorie allowance. Second thing you can do is if you know that you're going to fit these treats and snacks in, you don't have to cut them out completely. So if we if we go for the example of, you know, you're you're going to have a roast dinner in the afternoon and you're going to have two glasses of wine, for example. You can look at your all the foods that you're tracking, if you're tracking your calories and you can put the ingredients of that roast dinner in, you can say, you know, I'm going to eat 800 calories of roast dinner or however much, a thousand calories of roast dinner. Let's say 800 calories, this will fit easier. 800 calories of roast dinner and then two glasses of wine. I don't know how many calories are in a glass of wine. Depends on size, but let's say 150. So, and then 300 calories of wine. So the total amount is like 1,100 calories for this roast dinner and glasses of wine. If you are working on this energy balance principle, you then know if your total calorie allowance is 1800 a day, that you've got 700 calories left. So all you have to do, it's very, very simple. You just have to split that 700 calories up. So your breakfast, you have 350 calories. Your lunch, you have 350 calories, knowing that you're saving up calories for that big meal. So you can go and you can have that roast dinner. You can have those glasses of wine. You can fully enjoy it. You don't have to um, restrict yourself. You can eat a huge portion of food, but you can still know that you're gonna you're gonna make progress and you're gonna see results in the mirror because you've because you've understood this fact and you've been able to plan around it. Whereas, you know, if, if you're not aware about how many calories are in that in that roast dinner, you don't know how much you're taking in, and you you take that eleven hundred in, but you don't plan for it earlier in the day. You have a fry up in the morning. You have a, you know a seven hundred and fifty calorie fry up. You have a big lunch. You have another five hundred calories there. You you can then go way over your calorie allowance, and it's just you're just gonna gain weight because if you eat more food than you need, you're gonna put it on as fat. Yeah, the way you can look at this, I 
I was thinking of different kind of uh, analogies for this. One way you could look at this is let's say you've got um, you've got a, a card, so a bank card. That's what I was trying to say. Um, so let's say you've got a Visa card and it's linked to your bank account and you've got 100 quid in your bank account. Or Okay, no, let's say, let's make it sound like calories. You've got, how many calories did you just say? 1,800. Yeah. yeah, so let's say you've got 1,800 pounds on your card. This is basically how it works. Like every single day, you have a set number of calories you can eat. It's like having a set number amount of money on your card. This is a lot so, to spend. 1,800, 1,800 yeah, pounds okay. a day. That's, that would be, that would be Let's assume nice. you're a big money baller. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be a dream. But um, let's say you did have that. And you know you have this much money. It doesn't really matter over what time period. And you say, okay, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this TV. I'm going to oh, buy this. Uh, sorry. I'm going to go for a, a really probably terrible example. I'm like, oh, I'll relate to women with this. I'm going to buy a Chanel handbag, £1,000. I don't know if any of that's right. So you've bought these things. So maybe you have £200 left on this card. And the equivalent is you've eaten, eaten a certain amount of food. And you've only got a bit left. What you could do is you could go and buy another £1,000 TV or something. But what would happen on your card is then you end up with £800 into your overdraft, into debt. And the equivalent is, if you've only got 200 calories left and you go and eat uh, a Big Mac meal or you go and eat a curry, you're going to end up eating 800 calories too much. And that only way that can... The only thing that can happen with that is it can be put on as fat. So you end up with this debt whether it's a card that you're spending too much money on or whether it's um, your calorie allowance, like every single person, you're all different, has a set number of calories you can eat each day and not gain weight. You have a set number of calories you can eat, which is a little bit lower, not much lower, where you'll lose fat sustainably. You don't need to starve yourself. Like I've heard loads of people talking about this 1200 calorie diet must be the perfect number. That's all bollock bollocks. Uh, everyone's different. There's a, there's a amount that will work for you. And as long as you stick to that, just like as long as you don't spend more money than you have, then you will, things will work out. But the minute you start pretending or not knowing that there is a limit, then you just end up easily overspending. Let's say you had no idea, you could never check the balance on your card. Imagine what would happen. You'd probably end up in loads of debt. You wouldn't know what's going on. So just in the same way, most people are not really aware that for them, there's an amount that they can eat. and whether they like it or not that is the science those are the facts you cannot deny it like it's literally just a case of energy in versus energy out and you can't deny it like calories are not evil calories are just a fact that you have to bear in mind but over time you get a lot better at this don't you ben like this yeah. is not something at the beginning this is hard and uh and scary a, a good thing about this as well a lot of people think all of this stuff tracking calories balancing it all out is very very complicated but if you can manage your own finances if you can, you know, if you can go through the month without going 800 pounds into your overdraft every day, if you can manage that, then you can manage balancing your calories. You're managing your weight when you when you do it by numbers, like you would with your bank account, is like exactly the same as just managing your money. And Rob was saying about the debt before, it's it's exactly the same kind of thing. So if you rack up more and more and more debt every single day, it builds up. It builds up, it builds up, it builds up. Eventually, you end up with like 10, 20, 30,000 pounds worth of debt. And the more debt you have, the more difficult it is to actually clear that debt. That debt comes with interest. It's difficult to get rid of. Um, and you start running out of options. So the the sooner you can choose to do something about it and take control of your, your weight, just like you might take control of your finances, 
the easier it is going to be to get into the get into the green. Yeah, it's never a lost cause, no matter how far you've gone, but it will take longer if you've got more to lose. That is another fact that I've got to put out there. But as Ben said, this, what's happened has happened. You can't change what's happened. You can't change what weight you're at now, but you can change things from today onwards. So just look at what you can change from today onwards. And the really positive thing about all of this is because it's as simple as not overspending on your calorie allowance, basically, you're completely in control. Obviously, there's cravings and things like that, but you know if you eat the right amount, you are literally going to burn fat that day. Every single day you do that. So you know it's working. Like There's no confusion. There's no cryptic system where you're like, I've eaten these meals that I've been given on my meal plan. I don't know if it'll work. Um, I've eaten my Jane meals or whatever. It's not like that. It's like I, I can choose what I want to eat, when I want to eat it, and I can make it work for me so that I know every single day I'm succeeding. And then it's just adding those days up. And, um, and that's the key. To, that's the key to it. Another really good thing as well. Um, you might think listening to this about all this balancing calories thing that you might have to stick to eating the same amount of calories forever. However, really, really uh, exciting prospect is that with the right approach with your nutrition and with your workouts, you can increase over time the amount of calories that you need to you need to take in you can get that up to a ridiculous level i could probably i don't know 3000 calories a day i've been at points in my life where i could eat 3500 to 4000 calories a day and not really not put on a huge amount of body fat just by taking an approach like thinking about well <laughs> on purpose what's the word that's is that the right word? i'm trying to think of the word no, I can't I don't know it. what you're trying to I'm say. I'm trying to say it, the word that says on purpose, but um, differently. But anyway. Purposefully. <laughs> purposefully, that's it. <laughs> purposefully aiming to try and increase the amount of calories I can eat per day. And a lot of our clients do this. They get to a point where they're eating more food than they ever thought possible and managing to either lose weight or maintain their weight. And the really good thing about this is this kind of just improves your your overall quality of life. It takes you out of this this... Um, this trap you can get into where you think you need to eat really low calories so you can eat suddenly way more. So when you end up going on holiday, you can just enjoy eating whatever you want, come back from the holiday and you haven't gained any weight. When it's Christmas time, you can have a massive portion of Christmas dinner, you can have a few, few glasses of wine, some chocolates and whatever, and you can avoid putting on any weight, but only if you put in this work beforehand to increase the increase the amount you can eat. This is one of the most exciting positions you can be in with this whole fitness journey is when you get to a point where the amount you're able to eat without putting on weight matches up with the amount that you want to eat in a day. So you never, you just never have to feel hungry and you don't really have to feel like you're restricting yourself. Obviously you can't eat like three chocolate cakes every day and still maintain your weight, but you can get away with eating a lot more um, of the stuff you like than you think is possible. Yeah, it's very liberating once you know how. And we had loads of clients over Christmas messages being like, this is the first Christmas ever. I've not gained weight. Some people even did workouts on Christmas Day. Like your whole mindset can shift as you start to realize that you can take control of this stuff. You can make your own choices. You don't have to follow a diet plan written by someone who doesn't know you. You can basically customize it to you as long as you fit within the rules of the science uh, of what works of the science of fat loss and the, the good thing yeah, people 
go on. The good thing about this as well is even if if you're if the way you manage your nutrition is based on this energy balance, calories in versus calories out, you could you can eat whatever you want. You can buy a diet book which has recipes in it. You can eat the diet meals, and then you can combine those with having roast dinner in the evening. You could buy the what's like you know one of these meal pl- meal prep plan things, this Jane plan. As long as you know how many calories are in these Jane meals, you can make them fit in. So you can you can be really really flexible. You don't have to follow one rigid approach. You can follow anything, and you can make it all work for you. And then one more point is you don't have to track your calories forever. It's basically like I haven't tracked calories for probably over a year now. And it's basically something that teaches you over time what you can and can't get away with, how much you need to eat to get the results you want. But you are going to need to do it for a sustained period of time to learn these lessons. Like one week, two weeks is not going to work. You do need to learn for a bit longer, like six months maybe, to to understand truly what things you can and can't get away with. But it's not a case of tracking on your phone forever. But also, there's a very good point. James Smith said something about this that made me laugh loads. Um, that a lot of people are put off tracking because they think it's too difficult. They may not have been taught well. They may have bought something that just gives them macros, as they call it. That just tells them, like, this is how much calories, protein, carbs, and fats to eat and not really taught them or built them up to the point where they can track it consistently. And they think it must take hours and hours to do. Now, if you learn step by step, what we do with our clients is we help break bad habits, then we'd start teaching them how to track calories, then how to track protein, which is the next most important thing. And then we also go into carbs and fats down the line. But over a period of weeks and uh, a couple of months, in fact, we go through teaching this. So it's in bite-sized chunks and you can get good. And we've got grandmas tracking. We've got people of all ages. We've got single mums with three kids tracking and it doesn't take long. Like the funny thing that James Smith said that really made me laugh was that he said he had a client who said, Oh James, I really want to. Uh, I really want to lose weight. Like it's, it's really. I'm really like depressed about it every day. It makes me feel terrible. They were really in a bad place. They were like, I feel terrible every day. I hate it. When I get on an airplane, I like, I take up two seats, and the people around me hate it. I feel awful about myself every single day. Um, my life's just a misery. And then he said, Okay, well, what you need to do is, uh, is track what you eat. And she said, What? And he's like, yeah, it takes takes about three minutes a day, maybe five minutes a day. She's like, oh, no, 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 that's that's too much. That's, that's going to be too difficult. That's too long. I can't do it. I can't possibly do that. That's way too long. And his point was that, look, you probably spend longer than that looking at M&M cakes on Instagram, scrolling through your Facebook feed, liking stuff, what, messaging people on WhatsApp. Like we spend, all of us, I don't think anyone is free of this. We spend a lot of time wasting our time throughout the day. Like you can, I've literally before, might be a bit graphic, tracked all my calories for the day, figured out what I'm going to eat whilst on the toilet. And then I know like after five minutes, I have it all sorted. (laughs) So you can make it work. Like whatever situation you're in, we have grandmas, as I said, we have busy mums. You've got to want it, but tracking is not that time consuming and you don't have to do it forever. So it's not the end of the world. It's, it's actually in my, in my experience, like when Ben actually, I think Ben, you introduced me to this to the MyFitnessPal app years ago when it was a new thing. When I discovered that, it was so liberating because I'd gone from like trying to figure out how to get my my nutrition right, but with no actual guidelines. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll have some orange juice. Maybe that's probably healthy. Maybe I'll have some uh, a sausage sandwich. I didn't really know what I was aiming for. Like most people don't. They just try and, try and eat a balanced diet. That's what I was trying to do. I think that's what most people try and do because that's what, we know is probably the healthiest way to eat, but doing it in reality is so difficult with modern food out there. 
And we cannot estimate, you cannot estimate how many calories you're eating. They've proven this in scientific tests that you cannot estimate if you eat 20% too much or 20% too little. That's the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The range that people can't sense how much they're eating. And if you eat 20% too much, which is the, feels exactly the same as normal or eating 20% too little, you can gain up to two stone in six months, like the average person. So you can't estimate it. There's there's no other way around it, really. Like we've we've looked at every approach, haven't we, Ben, over the last three, four, I don't know how many yeah, years we've been doing this now. And we can't, there's no other way that makes any more sense. I don't know how I even got into tracking calories in the first place. I can't remember, but all I know that before I tracked calories, I had this vague idea. The only thing I really had an idea of was that I needed to eat. Someone had convinced me that I needed to eat a lot of protein in order oh, to, yeah. <laughs> in order to see results. So my, my approach to that was I would have three protein shakes a day with three scoops in each protein shake, which is about 360 grams of protein per day. Bearing in mind that the, the amount I need is probably more like 100 and 150 grams, something like that. So I was eating like two to three times as much protein as I needed, which I like all I would have done with that. I would have just been peeing it all out. Basically, it just goes through your body, filtered out by your kidneys and you pee it all out. But when I was guessing, when I had no when I wasn't, you know, I had no idea what I was actually putting into my body. I had no idea how much of anything I needed. It was just all guesswork. Uh, it's a miracle I managed to make any progress at all with that kind of approach. But what tends to happen, you go through a period of tracking calories, I don't know, a, a few months, you get used to it, you see that you see really good results, you start losing body fat, you get in the best shape of your life, you're able to eat more. But after that, another really important thing that you gain, you get this kind of, um, you gain like a sixth sense of how many calories are in food. I don't know if you have this, Rob, but if I, if you ask me like, how many calories are in a tablespoon of olive oil? It's like, it's 110. Banana's about 95, medium banana. Tomato is like 80. An apple is like 80. I just sort of, yeah, like 150 grams of rice dry is about 400, and 400 calories, something like that. I just sort of know, like I've, I've tracked these things so many times. I roughly know how many calories are in things. I don't know exactly, but I, I roughly know these things. So I can I can look at a plate of food and I can know you know, roughly how much of whether it's going to be a good meal for me to eat or not. Whereas before, I yeah, just you don't even need to. No exactly. And you don't really need to even think of it in like in my head. I'm not thinking necessarily. I'm not doing maths. I'm not going that's 400 plus 200 plus sometimes maybe. But most of the time I'm just going, I know I have 125 grams of rice. Like that's just how much I eat to eat the right amount for me. So I just do that every day. And then I go like not every day, but when I'm cooking rice and then. I go, okay, two squares of dark chocolate, I know is the size of snack I, I ate and saw results. So I, over time, you just learn what's right. And we have loads of clients saying, oh, I'm so shocked how many calories are in this thing, but not in this other thing. So I'm just going to have this other thing. Like, they're like, I could not believe the amount of calories I was eating in, in, in things that didn't even really matter to me. So you learn a lot by doing it. You learn everything you need to know about food, basically. Yeah, and you'll, uh, you'll uh, figure out that, um, there are things that you really liked that you would eat all the time and you you can you realize that there's no calories in these in those things and that you can eat them every day in way bigger quantities than you thought then there are other things that you're not too bothered about like i don't know a fancy starbucks coffee and you realize that that fancy starbucks coffee has 300 calories in it and you've been wasting 300 calories a day on this 
fancy coffee. Yeah, and you could have had a tea or something that was like 10 calories. And then 10 rice and cakes. you also like just as much. Yeah. Yeah. You learn so much. You learn, you learn all the swaps that you could have. You learn... You just learn how to take back control. That's the long and short of it. The best way to learning to take back control was to be taught how to track. And that should be done in kind of a bit by bit method, in my opinion. If you just, if the most overwhelming thing is like being told, okay, here's all these numbers, proteins, carbs, fats, calories, go and track them. It's just, it doesn't work. So we've learned to, we need to teach people in stages how to do it. So if there is one thing you take away from this podcast, the, the way that you can have a social life and lose weight is basically by tracking what you eat, by actually monitoring the amount of calories you're putting into your body. And that allows you to be flexible, to basically eat all of the foods that you enjoy every single day, not cut out your, any treats, not cut out snacks, not give up on having meals with your friends and family. But you can still see results in the mirror because you're actually monitoring how much you're putting in um, in comparison to how much is going out, just like you would monitor your bank account, just like you would monitor how much fu- how much fuel you're putting in your car, you start treating your your body like something you you actually care about, rather than just going with guesswork. You care about you know you care about the money in your bank account, so you should also care about your body. After all, you only have one body. If you ruin it, then you know you're, you're done basically. Yeah, if you ruin it too much, you die. So you don't want that. Yeah. And if you ruin it, if you, if you, like, here's the thing you don't ruin it. It's always a way out. Like, wherever you're at, because it comes down to calories in versus calories out, you can always lose weight and you can always get in better shape. But as Ben said, it's all about, it's such a great analogy. It's all just about taking responsibility and going, look, I manage my bank account. Why don't I also manage what I put into my body every day? Because if I do, I'm completely in control and I can completely direct where I go. I can completely get to where I want. And then add on top of that, the motivation stuff that we talk about, and then you're on a recipe for a winner. And that's exactly what we do with our clients. Like we teach them, first of all, how to get motivated and how to build habits. And then over time we build those habits that then mean they can track every day, they can manage their nutrition and they can still enjoy it. They can still enjoy their social life and they can still enjoy all their favorite foods, their family life and still get what they want. It's completely possible. You've just probably been following diets and diets are not the answer. They're the answer to a lot of money for the companies and that's about it. <laughs> very, very profitable. But, and if you're thinking like, well, this is great, you know, it's it's great in theory, but can I actually stick to this? I guarantee that you can do this. If you can if you can manage your finances, um, if you can like create a post on social media and you do simple, simple operations on a phone, I guarantee you can do this. We've taught thousands and thousands of people to do this. Um, yeah, we've taught like older people, you know, I mean, I don't mean to stereotype, but okay, well, I'm stereotyping, but my nan is not the best at using a, a mobile phone, for example. But we have taught older people, grandmothers to to follow this method and to follow this method with great success and see fantastic results. So I guarantee that you can do this. It's it's much, much easier than you think. And the thing that holds a lot of people back, they'll convince themselves that it's too difficult to track the calories and to, you know, to take control of their nutrition because the problem with that is, as we said before, you then have to face the reality that the only reason you're overweight is just because you've eaten too much, not because you didn't have the, the complicated dieting approach. 
Yeah, so keep it simple. You can do this. We have taught people of every situation, every age range, everything under the sun. And we've had 3,000 clients. Like That covers pretty much everything. There's not much we haven't heard. And all of them can succeed. You just have to have a simple approach to follow that teaches you what really works and then have the motivation to stick to it. That's it. That basically covers how to lose weight and have a social life. Boom. So that brings us to the end of today's Motivation Method podcast. But before you go, we have some important announcements. Piece one is if you're not currently subscribed on iTunes to the Motivation Method podcast, get yourself subscribed today. Number two, if you're not currently getting access to the daily motivation emails and action guides found at trinitytransformation.co.uk, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk and get that done today and we'll start sending those your way. The final piece of this is our Motivation Masterclass Challenges. If you're ready to finally unleash your inner motivation and willpower with a customized action plan and your own personal coach and the support of our Trinity tribe, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk today and sign up for our Motivation Masterclass and we'll get you started right away. And last but not least, if you're listening to this show and you're getting value from it, number one, do the things that we talk about here. And number two, you don't pay us to do this. So instead, all we ask of you is to simply share this show with one person who you think it could help today. So this is Rob Burkhead. And this is Ben Hughes. And this has been the Motivation Method Podcast. See you on the next one. Mm-hmm.